金の根は響く心の中へと広く深く物語のようなおしのしずくその中に細い線路を築く時間とともに時代は動く流れる星を静かに動く目を閉じて耳を澄ますバーチー OOTY 光まくずにしっかりうまく気放て誰かに届くまで栄光の光はこの向こうに君たちと作っていくストーリー Hello and welcome to DigimonCast where Nope, can't about... start now. Can't start now. We need Craig. Oh fuck, we need Craig. Oh shit, you're right. Fuck. Okay, we have Craig. Hello and welcome to Digimon Cast, the podcast where instead of talking about Bleach, because these episodes, or at least the first ones, are very good, we talk about Digimon, which I have not seen since I was a little baby. Yeah, and I've just been like mainlining some of the some of the stuff recently. It's good. Th- that animation looks so good. What is that? Oh, that's well. So Digimon has a new series in 2020. That's it was supposed to happen last core. But due to coronavirus, they had to stop production at like episode three,、uh, so it so it restarted for this core, or maybe I I'm not certain if they just got like completely stopped production or they slowed down production but then paused the TV broadcast so that they could like have time to make a backlog. But now it's back on TV. Anyways, it's basically a it's a pseudo retelling of the original series. Like there's some stuff from there's some stuff from the movie in there, which is wild. Because、uh, it shows up in episode two, but basically it's just like it's all the same characters from the original Digimon Adventure in a completely new context, and they're just like, like they're they're re they're redoing how they meet people, they're redoing like what the risk is.、Um, instead of being a group of children who have who went to summer camp and then fell into the digital world, now it's. Two kids who like vaguely know each other from school accidentally got had an adventure where they both got transported to a different world and had to fight monsters, and then weird shit starts happening. So they decide to willingly go into the world, and in the world they're meeting other kids that like happen to be there also through like weird circumstances. This sounds good. Digimon is good. It's I... been it's it's lasted a long long time. Honey, we're gonna get into Digimon. <laughs> I I didn't get a response. I think they might have fallen asleep. <laughs> All right, but anyways, hello, welcome to It'll Wash Out, a Bleach rewatch podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Lily. Your podcast robot and co-host Lin. So we're gonna be doing things a little differently today. Uh, namely, uh, we. Okay, so full disclosure. Episode fifteen, Cohen's Great Plan, had a lot of dumb shit in it that I just did not have it in me this week to write all of the dumb shit out. I I cut it out and I basically like wrote a list at the beginning.、Uh, it's actually not a super long list because it's just like a lot of the same shit interspersed throughout the episode.、Uh, now, what what I thought was this was going to make the summary a lot shorter. <laughs> What I was not expecting is the summary to still be a thousand words. The rest of the episode is go- like that's the thing. There's the the entire episode is cut through with like these really these like not good con jokes because it's always in like it generally involves a teenager's boobs. But the rest of the episode is so good. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the episode is like actually really good character shit. Um, alongside with that. I also didn't really have it in me yesterday. I had like a massive headache.、Uh, yesterday, I was like, "Hey, Sam, I I just do you mind doing the second summary this week?" Because Sam, I I have had trouble getting these summaries done before, and Sam, my great co-host, has always always offered to do the summaries, and I'm actually taking him up on it this week.、Uh, Sam is going to be doing the summary for episode sixteen、uh, this week. We're going to see how it goes.、Uh, it's going to be a little different this week, but we're going to get through it. Going to have a good time, hopefully.、Uh, you want to just jump right into the episode, Sam? Well, so the the big secret is I've got I always have the summary because I use it to follow along when we're talking and to kind of like have a good idea of oh I have this note here because it relates to this scene and、I'm, this is where I want to talk about it. Uh, so I always have that. This week was the week where I was like, you know what? I can have like 
shorter summaries and I can like leave out some stuff. So episode 16 is going to be even better. Yeah, it's it's going to be a good time. Uh like I don't know. These these episodes were it's weird that episode 15 had so much going on in it, but like so little at the same time and then episode 16 everything happened but also nothing really happened. Yeah, it's it's a very like Here's, like, all these bits where they're very stretched out and nothing happens, but also here's five seconds where we just learned, like, an incredible amount of information. So, I, I'm- I don't remember anything at all, so this will be fun. <laughs> uh, here's the list of some of the dumb shit that happens in episode 15, Cone's Great Plan. So, the entire, like- main plot of the episode as it's framed is like Cone getting fed up with how he's treated and like leaving like Ichigo and Rukia and like going on his own journey to find somebody who will actually care for him and what this actually results in is we get a couple scenes of Cone in a dress which I don't think was handled as poorly as it could have been because like it definitely could have gotten very transphobic, very fast, but, like, I, I don't think it was actually that bad. Like, props to the show. The horror that Khan feels here is, I don't want to have gaudy accessories on me, and they don't frame it as, oh god, girly stuff. It's ju- it's literally just, why would you put, why are you putting all this stuff? Also, I can't take it off because you sewed it to my body. Yeah, I I have to give props to the show for that as well. The rest of it, however is Cone being extremely horny. Uh, It's a lot of boobs, uh, a lot of, you know, classic, oh, Orihime was my target all along. He literally says Orihime was my target, which made me very uncomfortable. Uh, And we get, like, a huge boob shot of Orihime at one point in the episode. We get... uh, at some point during the episode, right next to the Orihime boob shot, we get Keigo being horny uh, for Orihime and, like, talking about her boobs. And I'm like, I'm really glad I'm watching this show. And then later in the episode, uh, during, like, a lunch scene, which you'll you'll hear about the lunch scene in my summary, we get uh, another scene of Chizuru being a lesbian and it being really gross. And I, I've, I've cut all that out of the summary as best I can. Uh, we're just going to focus on like what actually makes the episode good, because there, there is a lot good in this episode. And like the, the crime that this episode does, in addition to like, and I'll get into this at the end of the episode, but the, the Chizuru thing like is an anime-only thing. It's actually a completely different scene that still involves Chizuru. Uh, so I'll get into that when we, uh, when I talk about the manga differences. But the th- for the con thing, which I'll just mention now, if we're cutting out most of the con stuff, the the best joke of that thing because it's like it's actually from a different chapter that came earlier in the series. Like it's based, it was like a one off chapter that in the in the anime they didn't do at that time. They like mixed it in here to give more con- to give more runtime. I don't know. Um, but after he runs away from the track and field girl, which is that that I think was a good joke of I thought that was funny too. They Khan falls on the ground because he sees people coming. He thinks, oh, they'll pick me up because they're girls and they'll bring me to school. They step on him, he makes a noise, they hear him making noise and go, wait, what? And then he starts running away. Unfortunately, one of the two girls is a track and field star, so she chases after him and she like she's keeping up with him. He, he crosses a corner, and this is the bit that isn't in the anime, and Chad is there, and he sees Chad, and Chad sees Khan, and Chad has a weakness for cute things, so what, when Khan keeps running, Chad also runs after him, so him and the <laughs> track and field star are just chasing Khan throughout the entire city. <laughs> Why wasn't this in the anime? <laughs> and Khan doesn't really know Chad, so he just sees Chad running at him, like, at full speed, and is terrified. (laughs) And, like, that's the main gag for this chapter, um, in the manga. And it's like, come on, you took out the actual best gag, and then you replaced it with... With boobs! With boobs. It's a crime. Bleach, you're illegal. (laughs) Bleach, Cabo, hand us the rights. 
Okay, let's let's get to the episode. We open on Rukia as she thinks to herself of the latest event in the series, the battle with the Manos Grande. She notes the news will reach Soul Society eventually, and she's worried about Ichigo. The next morning, Ichigo knocks on the door of his closet to no response. He knocks again louder, and Rukia annoyedly opens the door, telling him to quiet down. He asks her if something has happened, and she claims she's just tired from yesterday's attack. She tells him she's going ahead and drops out the window, leaving Ichigo in shock. I like I kind of like the fr- like this framing is almost like a moody teen coming out of her room, but her room is Ichigo's closet. <laughs> yeah, it's actually I I liked this bit a lot. Uh, Lynn does say there's an angle to that uh, talking about the uh, Chad scene, uh, an angle to that of portraying Chad as scary, which for obvious reasons would be insensitive, but also this anime does not care that much. And yeah, I, I I don't think it was thought of that deeply, but I also agree there. Later that morning, we cut to Orihime walking along a riverbank and humming before noticing Rukia. She runs up and greets Rukia, then suggests they walk together. Rukia agrees, noting aloud that Orihime walks to school very early. Orihime tells her it's because she can't sleep due to her excitement from how close summer vacation is. She asks if Rukia has any plans for vacation, and Rukia admits that she doesn't, leading Orihime to suggest that she should come to the fireworks festival in August. Ichigo should, too. Rukia mentions the Don Kanonji episode being quite eventful, and Orihime agrees, observing that Ichigo went for the sake of his family, proving he can be kind after all. She's like, he should be more positive. He has such a fun family. He's just got a permanent frown on his face. Rukia says she thought Orihime didn't like him, to which Orihime says, No, he actually has a very interesting face when one looks closely, and Rukia laughs at this. She asks again about the fireworks festival, and Rukia says she'll think about it. I loved this bit with Orihime. I, like, these two should interact more. Everyone should interact more, honestly. But, like, this bit is just, like, a really good, like, oh, this is a really sweet little conversation. Also, Rukia's got, like the most melancholy responses in the world. For real. I, God, the Rukia stuff this episode's so good. On a bridge, we see a cat jump down from the saddle, landing without harm despite the great drop. We cut to the class enjoying soccer with bad cone gags intertwined, but we get a scene of Ichigo helping clean up as Mizuru notes that Uryu hasn't shown up today. Kego mentions he saw Uryu yesterday, mumbling to himself and being dramatic with some strange people near him. Ichigo mentally thanks God that Kego is just so fucking dumb. We get a shot of Rukia solemnly watching Ichigo and friends walk back to school. She, like, she is giving the performance of someone who knows she's got two li- two weeks left to live, and she's yeah. worried that it'll be a bummer for everyone. Like, it'll, it'll put a damper on people's summer vacations if they were aware. Like, that's, like, the feel that you get from this scene, and she's mm-hmm. just like... She's inside, there's, like, really melancholy music, and it's, it's, like, it works. It's a really good, like, it's a really good framing, and the the music, like, really works, and you can feel the sadness that she's got, but it's also, like, this is in a different show. Like, for five seconds, I have been transformed. Confide into your friends, Rukia. Yeah, like, oh my god, Rukia, just open up for once. (laughs) Rukia, please, be okay. Back in class. A bandaged Uryu walks in, leading the teacher to ask what happened to him. I fell down some stairs, he asserts, and nobody believes him. But the teacher accepts it and tells him to sit down. Ichigo stares at Uryu, Rukia tells him not to let it bother him. The wounds are his own fault. And Ichigo's like, why would I worry about him? And Rukia's like, I said jack shit about worrying, dude. And then she laughs into her book. The rest of the class wonder if Uryu was in a fight. This was so funny. This was really good. Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the teacher just being like, okay, fine, whatever. Just take your seat, please. <laughs> I, I love how, like, the color palette changed. Like, the way the line work was drawn changed for the entire class as they're all like, yeah, that's not what happened. He's fucking lying. Bullshit. Yeah. Like, not a single person buys his explanation and they're just like, wait, is he in a gang? Like... <laughs> As lunch begins, Keigo suggests that he and Ichigo have lunch together. 
Ichigo says yes, but he also says he's inviting someone as well. And he walks over to Uryu, telling him to eat lunch with them. He doesn't ask, to be clear. He tells Uryu to have lunch with them. Keiko is shocked and is like, there's no way eating lunch with him would be fun. Uryu refuses, and Ichigo says that Keiko's paying, changing Uryu's mind. Outside, Rukia reminisces on a tree branch, stating she always knew her time in the human world would be temporary. The girl squad calls out and invites her to lunch. So, Ishida going, no, and then as soon as he hears this Keigo treat, just getting up and going, yes, anime glasses sheen. Like, that bit <laughs> got the ugliest laugh out of me. Like <laughs> The Uryu stuff this episode was fantastic. Ichigo and Uryu, as Lin says, want to be my friend? No? What are you, a coward? <laughs> That's really their friendship! Outside Urahara shop, Jinta and Ururu are around when the black cat appears once more. Ururu opens the door to the shop, informing Tessai and Urahara there's a kitty. Urahara steps out and is like, Yorichi, my best friend! And he picks the cat up. I loved this part. I love this bit. Like, this cat is uh, is really good. Like, Yorichi is just a fantastic cat and probably one of the better animated characters in this entire episode as well. Yeah, for real. I love Yoderichi. On the roof of the school, Ichigo and friends silently have lunch. Keiko is internally screaming because of how uncomfortable it is with Uryu here. Chad shows up, Keiko is frightened, and then Chad sits down next to Ichigo, who tells Keiko to say something funny. Keiko starts telling a story, and then Uryu asks if Ichigo asked him to lunch because he felt sorry for him, insisting that he does not want pity. Ichigo claims he just felt like it, but he didn't invite Uryu because he likes him or anything. Just be grateful. Uryu's like, why should I be grateful? I prefer eating alone. I do too, says Ichigo, as the two eat alone together. <laughs> Mizuru observes the two are pretty alike. Like, Ichigo's like, I, all, I too prefer to eat alone, says the man who eats all of his lunches with other people and invited <laughs> someone to come eat with him. <laughs> They both, like, angrily start eating their lunch. It's really fucking funny. Like, it really is them eating alone together. It is absolutely, what, you don't want to be my friend, you coward? (laughs) We get a scene with the girl squad at lunch, asking Rukia what Ichigo is to her. She states he's just a friend, and Orihime is like, well, if you liked him, we would all have to like him. She then states she will invent a new food to eat with bean jam and insists that she and Rukia eat it together. I'll think about it, says Rukia, and Orihime calls her out for saying that every time. Rukia watches the rest of the girls, mentally noting that she does not belong here. So, I am a huge fan of Orihime's lunch here because it is sponge cake and bean jelly as, like, a sandwich. And that sounds incredible. Like, that sounds incredible. That sounds amazing. I want this food. It it sounds pretty good, not gonna lie. And also, like, or, like, the the Orihime rambling about how, like, man, I really hoped you would like him because that way, like, there would be more of us than him and the girl team would win. (laughs) Or he may, like, goes on this whole tirade about how, like, if Rukia liked him, then everybody would have to start liking him. Which is, it's so weird, but it's also so Orihime, and I love it. And finally, like, getting mad at Rukia because she's like, yo, you keep flaking. Like, you're not answering me with a yes or no. If you don't want to, like, just say you don't. Stop flaking and being, like, super non-committal. Like, actually, spit either... Make some t- make some bonds with your friends that you are speaking with, or, like, say that you can't. Like, stop being just, like, super flaky. And I'm like, oh, damn, like, that's just, that's some real feelings there. Yeah, it, it's, like, actually super good when Orihime, of all people, is actually, like, out here calling Rukia out, being like, hey, listen, you keep saying that, cut it out. I need to know what's going on. I'm your friend. And, like, we don't really get much more of that, like, this episode, but, like, it's good that Orihime actually said something. Yeah, like, she's always been shown as, like, rather emotionally intelligent, uh, but I'm glad that she doesn't, because a lot of her emotional intelligence is that she'll she'll notice the stuff and that she just won't talk about it. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that in this, in, in this instance, she's like, 
yo, like, are we friends or aren't we? Like, could, could you, like, at least give me a straight answer, please? Back in class, Rukia sits alone at her desk, tapping her books against it before putting them in her bag and leaving. After class, she runs up to Ichigo, who is surprised, and asks if there's a hollow. She says no and pauses before asking if he's feeling alright. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. This bit broke my heart. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it hurt. Like, just the fact that she's, she goes and she's like, yo, Ichigo, like, how's it going? And he, like, he's like, you don't have a reason to speak to me unless it's, like, because of danger. So, hey, where's the hollow? And she's like, oh, no, that's not, mm. And just like, oh, well, I bet she's regretting not hanging around now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually like a surprisingly potent moment that the show doesn't... I, I feel like the show doesn't spend enough time on that little moment. Um, But like Ichigo, like right after that, is like, hey, so what if another Menace Grande shows up? And like Rugia just kind of laughs and is like, well, it would be pretty hard to survive if that... Like, if that were so easy. Yeah, she's like, dude, I, I told you I didn't, I have never seen one of those before except in a book. Like, obvious, like it's not going to happen, any, like, anytime soon. Come on. Like, just because it happened once doesn't mean, it's like, a tornado might hit your town, but you're, a tornado is not going to hit your town, like, two weeks in a row. Uh, Ichigo, the thing is here, Ichigo does ask her, like, at the end, if something happened, and then, as with the rest of the episode, Khan shows up and ruins it. We get a good scene with Uryu that ends with a bad bit of Conan address again, uh, and later, Yoruichi looks up at Urahara, who asks what's wrong. Yoruichi speaks on screen for the first time in, like, this sort of deep voice that's kind of surprising coming from the cat, and tells him to drop the act. You know that they're here. Urahara's like, should we talk about this before or after your milk? Like, I appreciate Urahara's, like, um, focus on being a good host here. He's like, here, kitty, have some milk. Yeah, yeah, that's important, but, like, do you want to eat first or after? Yorichi is so good. Ichigo brings extra food to his room, but finds a note from Rukia to be decoded. Bive bluffed for reasons. The thank for you for everything outside rukia runs off we get a look at two soul reapers one using his fancy sunglasses to analyze rukia realizing that she's in a gay guy he declares that they found her and he grins ending the episode do these sunglasses ever get mentioned again i don't think so I, I, like i was so shocked when i saw this like highly technical technological like fucking scouter from dragon ball z bullshit and like i don't think these ever get mentioned again her power level is too low hmm. <laughs> yeah i i thought that bit was so funny though like <laughs> my wife did point out that the because my wife was in the room when i watched the episode um they did point out the entire message was in hiragana i kind of took that as uh, well, of course it is, because otherwise, like, it would be, like, first of all, Rukia's only been here for, like, two months. Of course she wouldn't know, like, kanji, but I don't know if Japanese is the main language in Soul Society. I don't know what, what the deal is there. But also, it was probably just because of the decoding thing, was my was my thought process there. Yeah, because she, cause she, she wrote it in, like, it's a relatively simple to break code, but it's still a code. By bluffed before reasons, but thank <laughs> you before everything. Good. Uh, as for the manga changes in this, uh, compared to this episode, there's there's basically nothing. There's the there's the Chad running thing that I mentioned earlier. Um, we see uh, Yuzu getting up to use the bathroom at night, and she, like, chides Ichigo on, like, his uh, midnight snack. Because she's like, you're gonna get fat. And he responds with, I just don't have to swallow. I'm just not gonna swallow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever, I'm a growing boy. And then he takes the food upstairs. Uh, but <laughs> but the biggest thing is, there's the Chizuru thing that happens during the lunchtime bit. Uh, but in the manga, the joke is Chizuru's like, oh, 
I should join the boys' side and then stab Ichigo and take his place. And then that way I can be with Orihime. And then she grabs Rukia's hands and she cheers her on to be with Ichigo. Because if she wins, she'll have Orihime to herself. I'm not sure if I like this worse or, like, less or more. I definitely like it more than what we actually got. I don't know if I like it more than if we didn't get it at all. Yeah, I I, kind of wish we didn't get it. Oh my god, we've been recording for 52 and a half minutes, and we're just getting through the first episode. Oh, Jesus, boy. Uh, alright, so I guess... Speedrun. <laughs> I have just the notes for this. Okay. Let's go. We're gonna, we're gonna take, uh, our fake five-minute break, which is where I say we're gonna take a five-minute break, and then we're actually not gonna take a break, because we've already taken a break this episode. <laughs> So, so sounds good. So let's take a five minute break. <laughs> and here we have returned from the quote unquote break. We we've returned from the break. <laughs> I'm gonna like put the fucking like the fucking like bleach joke music there. <laughs> oh god. I uh I, I'm going to take like a 30 second break, by which I mean, I'm just going to tell you what I do every episode. I always try and find what music like is near the end of the episode, like in the show. And then I just try and put that music in for the break. But this one, I'm specifically going to put the joke music in because I think that'd be funnier. <laughs> you can even use that sound if you want. Okay, break over. Just gonna one snap there. That's fine. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> God, we're never going to finish this episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, we open episode 16, and we have Rukia. Whoa, 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 you're already fucking up here. Where's the name of the episode? I don't write down the names of the episodes. Here, I'm looking up at the wiki for the name of the episode. Sam, I can't believe this. I give you the reins for one second, and we're already, we're already off track. They're not on Crunchyroll, so I don't <laughs> type down the names. Like, Crunchyroll literally just says episode 16. It hasn't... For some reason, it doesn't show the rest. I forgot to type in Bleach Wiki episode 16, and I just typed in Wiki episode 16, and it took me to Twin Peaks episode 16. Episode 16, Twin Peaks. <laughs> Agent Dale Cooper finds Cone and wonders what a strange town this is. <laughs> Fuck, hold on, I'll get there. I'm getting I, there. I, ha- I have it, I have it. Oh, Episode 16, The Encounter, Renji Abarai. Oh, thank God. Okay, so, we open on... Rukia running at night from having left the Kurosaki household previously. Dramatic music plays as Rukia flashes back to her first meeting with Ichigo and several schoolyard memories. She declares her feelings towards her classmates unneeded and being a burden to her and that how they're unbecoming of her, of Kuchiki Rukia. And then she gets called to by Renji Aburai who immediately attacks directly in front of her with an impressive show of force, telling her she was so deep in thought she didn't even notice him, saying that in a short, just a short one or two months, she's become too lax. He tells her to give up the location of the human who took her powers, and she says, "Uh, you know, there's no human who would do that. Whatever. Like, you're wrong. Renji absolutely, like, if his goal was really to execute Rukia, because he does, like, say that, like, they had given, uh, like, Soul Society has given him and the other person the reins to, like, execute her. If he wanted to execute her, he could have just done it right there. But he's just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna, like, really show off here and, like, talk down to you. Well, the second or third time he attacks her this episode, he, spe- like, he specifically calls it out. He says, yo, I think you may have noticed, but I haven't been trying to hit you. I've, you haven't been dodging me. I've been letting you dodge. Yeah. 
He does say that. So Renji answers that he knows it's a human because otherwise she wouldn't have such a human expression. And here's where we learn that she was taken from the Rukon slums and brought up in the Kuchiki household. And now she looks so human. And then Captain Kuchiki shows up behind her and Rukia is completely and utterly terrified, calling him her brother. Like, this is a huge amount of information that gets dropped in, like, four seconds of, time, of screen time. Yeah, you blink, you miss it. You're like, who the fuck's this asshole? And then, like, first of all, really, really like Byakuya's design. Uh, I've always liked his design. I've always liked Renji's design. Uh, the, uh, the fucking cherry blossoms, like, floating through the air is such a good effect here. Yeah, like, it's... Just it, like it's a very tense scene, but there's just, like a bunch of artistry going on in the direction. Lin says this fucks me up actually because it implies Rukia and the other Reapers aren't humans. But then what the fuck does the whole balance thing actually do? Don't worry, I don't think we ever actually return to this, and that I think that concept might be entirely dropped. <laughs> but yeah, it's like oh, so they're they're like explicitly not human, I suppose. Uh. But this is how I'm going. This helps uh, what I'm going to explain later on the thing that I said I was going to explain. Uh huh, sure. But we can wait for the end of the episode for that. Renji attacks her again, saying that passing Soul Reaper powers towards a human is a serious crime, and claiming she's lucky they were allowed to handle it, demanding again for the human's location. He says he's going easy on her, but if she doesn't tell him, he'll have to kill her. Rukia's hurt but an arrow from Ishida helps her out and interrupts Renji's attack. This quick movement, like, Renji basically attacks her two or three times in a row as he says, it's like, yo, uh, like, I'm I'm helping you out here. I'm being, like, I'm attacking, but I'm not, like, really attacking, if you know what I mean. Uh, but the movements we get from Rukia is some of the best shit that we get in this series so far, as far yeah. as an actual fight goes. Like, having her, daw- like, jump back and, like, She'll, she falls, but she immediately rolls and jumps back to her feet. And it's like, that is some of the best fight animation that this series has gotten so far. And I'm like, see, Rukia's is the best fighter in the show. There was like this particular shot of fucking Rukia like sliding across the ground in like a curve. Uh, and there was like, it almost looked like sparks flying up behind her. That shit was sick. Yeah, it's like, let Rukia fight. Like... Even in this, like, the show makes it clear she is completely outmatched in this situation. However, like, Rukia looks good when she's fighting here. Even if all she's doing is trying not to get hurt. Like, it's a, it's a good fight. It's good. Um, Ishida says that the seeing two men attacking an unarmed woman is a rather unpleasant sight. Which surprises Renji, who's like, yo, why can you see us? <laughs> Like, why is this human able to see- What is happening here? Rukia asks him what he's doing, and he- He gives, you know, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about, Rukia. I just felt like going to my 24-hour sewing supply store, and I happened to be walking back from that. That's why I have this bag in my hand. I- <laughs> I certainly didn't feel the the spirit energy of a bunch of soul reapers come out to investigate and then have this bag to have a valid excuse to as to why I would come to investigate. No, 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 no. I just sometimes get the urge to go to my 24-hour sewing supplies shop. Roll the one on fucking deception. <laughs> like... I am 100% on board with Uryu just getting, like, just continuing this series of incredibly unbelievable lies. <laughs> you know, when, when I was younger and, like, getting into Bleach, everyone in my friends group hated Uryu, and I'm starting to realize I understand now why he was my favorite character for the longest time. He's so fucking funny and, like, good. <laughs> it's so good. Renji attacks Uryu saying he'll kill him. Rukia tries to protect him, but Ishida further antagonizes Renji, introducing himself as Uryu Ishida and saying he'll kill Renji, which makes him shake with rage. <laughs> it's just such a good moment where you're like, oh hell yeah, Ishida. Love him so much. Back home, Ishigo wonders where Rukia is, and then he notices that Khan's been tied behind the toilet. 
we exclusively get like a shot of the toilet like flushing and then like a shot like staring up from like almost from the toilet's point of view of Ichigo and we don't see anything below belt but like I was like do we really need this show like <laughs> I really appreciate that we I get I appreciate that we get the top down shot to show how hard it is to see Khan like where he is yeah so it exp- it explains why like no one like why he's been there for a while basically true Ishigo frees him, and he learns that Ruki is in trouble. Uh, Khan basically just goes off on a rant, and uh, so Ichigo goes to finally open the letter, which is written in a bizarre code. But it's rather easy for him to figure out, and there's a clue that basically tells him how to do it. It just takes some extra time to do it. Uh, the letter itself says essentially, Yo, thanks for everything. Stay hidden. Burn this letter. Which, a little ominous. <laughs> Just a little ominous. Khan reasons out that Ruki is worried about them, and it's probably related to Soul Society. Ichigo tells him not to jump to conclusions, and says they need to take action, saying he's going to transform and go after her. There's a bit of slapstick here where it's like, oh, Khan really doesn't like it when Ichigo uh, fists his mouth and goes to get the the pill. But it's super weird because Urahara immediately shows up to help. So, like, this entire, like, little slapstick bit just has no reason to exist. <laughs> Urhara just shows up, like, in the window being extra as fuck. And he's like, yo, I heard you might need my help. <laughs> and it's like, well, cool. And, you know, the like, he probably tells him exactly where Rukia is as well. But it's just, like, this weird, oh, let's get a bit of Khan not wanting to uh, give up his pill to Ichigo and then immediately just make the pill completely useless and not needed. So after Urahara shows up to help Ichigo, uh, it, we cut back, we cut directly back to uh, Rukia and Ishida, who, and the latter falls down, bleeding. Rukia mentioning that she couldn't stop him at all. At which point I'm like, Rukia, early, like, before this fight started, you were putting yourself in between them. You could do that again. Like, you could do something. Right now she's just standing next to him frozen rukia you can do you can you can do something urahara is not here to paralyze you you can do something yeah i i was a little frustrated by this bit because i I, like i took it as like the show once again telling us that oh rukia is useless which okay but like i also like let's in this one instance I'm going to say, I'm going to give the show a little credit here, because to this point, Rukia has been told by everybody that she's useless, so I'm thinking maybe she's starting to feel that she actually is, which, okay, that could be okay, but then, like, the rest of the Rukia shit comes into play, and I, I'm not I'm not going to, like, defend that. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm willing to entertain a certain level of, oh, like, because she mentions, oh, Renji's, like, way stronger than he used to be. Um, so it's, maybe it's a case of, okay, well, we're clearly not winning this encounter. Maybe I can go in peacefully and save Ishida's life. Like, that's kind of where I'm at on Rukia's behavior here. Um, which I think is more, is more something that we'll get into during next week's recording. Um, because I think that comes up, like, more directly. Okay. Just as Renji comes in for the kill, Ishigo shows up, cutting up the floor and introducing himself prompting Renji to ask what squad he's from and why his sword's so big. <laughs> he's like, yo, what? what is this guy? Where is he from? What I love about this is that Ichigo is just like, oh, so it is big? I, I mean, I didn't really have anything to compare it to except Rukia's, completely ignoring Saito, like, from a few episodes ago. Uh, yeah, like, further evidence that that entire Saito thing was, comp- was added to the anime and then even the animators forgot about it. <laughs> Renji repeats the what we've learned so far that Soul Reaper swords are based on the size of their soul energies, and Rukia worries about Ichigo coming here because she's like, "Bruh, I specifically told you to like hide out, lay low. Like, what the fuck are you doing, bruh?" <laughs> she's like, "God, he this idiot never listens to me." Renji clocks that Ichigo took Rukia's powers and attacks. Ichigo barely fending him off before getting severely wounded. Because at this point, when Rukia tries to help, now Ishida stops her, and this is where the actual frustration comes in. 
Because <laughs> he's like, no, don't. But he, like, that's it. He stops and Rukia's like, okay, I guess, whatever. Renji says Rukia will get her powers back with Ichigo's death. And then she's going to get executed. He then berates Ichigo for coming after she went through all the trouble of protecting him. Which I'm sure at some point Rukia is like internally going, yeah, yeah, listen to him, Ichigo. You're being a dumbass. <laughs> Ishigo wound him, wounds him slightly since he's not really paying attention and the captain tells Renji that Ishigo has wounded Amenos Grande single-handedly Renji's like N- come on come on like obviously <laughs> obviously that's a mistake our scouting team's made a complete mistake whatever fine and then he asks Ishigo what the name of his sword is and Ishigo's like super confused she's like oh do you name like all of your swords is, is that a thing? Should I have asked Rukia what the name of the sword was? And Renji says, okay, fine. I'll show you how a, a real Soul Reaper fights. And he, he summons the new form of Zabimaru, his own sword, which transforms completely into... it. It's like if, if the sword of Ivy from Soul Calibur, like the big sword whip, also had just like giant gouging like teeth on one side. Lin says, Renji, you didn't read the manual? <laughs> Who's this nerd? <laughs> I, You know what? I, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, I don't think it's, like, too spoilery to go ahead and call this what it is. Uh, this form's called a Shikai. Fair enough. Renji summ- summons a Shikai, his sword transforms, and his next attack deeply wounds Ichigo, leaving him stunned as Renji proclaims he'll die here. I'm a big fan of Zabimaru's design. Uh, and like the gory result, not a huge fan of the incredibly visceral noises that come with it. Like, <laughs> I'm fine with it because like I'm fine with like gross gory stuff, but like yeah, I get that. Um, oh, one important note here: he does. We also actually get the name of the Hollow World for the first time here, uh, which is Hueco Mundo. Um, which, as Sam pointed out to me in chat, literally is just Spanish for Hollow World. Everything related to Hollows is. Like, essentially just the Spanish word for whatever they want to say. Google Translate, the co-writer. Thank you, Lynn. That is 100% correct. As far as manga changes for this episode, there's basically nothing. Like, it's a single manga chapter that covers this entire episode, and it's basically the exact same thing as the as the episode itself, which is was a little surprising. But then I remember that the episode also has, like, an extended, I think, like, 10-second scene of Ichigo not moving and sliding across the floor like a cement brick while Renji like wails on him and I was like man you might have a sword but Rukia was putting up a much better fight than you were yeah man I'm I'm excited for next week's episodes this is like the shit I do remember loving when I was like into soup like when I was super into bleach where I'm just like oh shit it's going down it's fucking happening I'm not as excited for like the Rukia damsel in the stress bit but I mean, like, the fights we're going to get, I'm excited for. I agree. Lin is saying, Ichigo's 15, he's just a boy, and you are completely right. However, the show is framing his fight as much more of an equal fight than Rukia's is against Renji's. And that's why I'm like, well, at least Rukia was moving around and, like, doing stuff. Ichigo literally stands there and just gets slid around. Eventually, he, he'll, like, do a hit while Renji's, like, not paying attention to him. Um, and the show is like... Good show, Ichigo. Good show. <laughs> like, well, alright, fine, whatever. Um, okay, so I guess this is the part where you explained to me why Rukia couldn't have been training Ichigo this whole time. Uh, basically, in chat yesterday, let me let me find the exact conversation. I think it was just in podcast chat because I was a fool and not... Don't, don't worry about how our, our fucking chat's set up. Um... Okay, I, I asked a question, which was, why does Rukia never mention the Zanpakuto having a name? You think, uh, I said, you'd think, like, after month one in the Gigai and the, like, stronger hollows appearing, she'd at least start training Ichigo in, like, some form? That would be so much more interesting. So, one, my, the first thing I want to say is, I'm not going to defend Rukia not training Ichigo. Uh, because that is something that I do agree would be so much more interesting, and it is so much more interesting when it happens in the live-action movie. Uh, <laughs> it's actually... Wow, spoilers! It, it happens, and it is glorious, and it's actually, like, one of the best parts of the movie. Uh, genuinely recommend the first Wait. half of the live-action movie. I, I have to say, 
Uh, if you ever do come down to Seattle or I ever come up to ca- uh, Canada, we have to do like an in-person recording on the live action movie. That's what I'm saying has to happen. Yeah. Um, but what I will, ex- what I think I can explain, uh, although it might not be to your satisfaction, is why she doesn't talk about the Zanpakuto having swords. Uh Lin has a good point in that my defense could be that perhaps she doesn't want him to know more because she was never meant to be a full reaper and uh, she figured she'd uh, she'd eventually regain her power soon enough. Like we know that what she's doing is a, is a crime punishable by death both for her and for Ichigo. So she probably doesn't want him to like go further, like go too far down that path. Uh however, that's not what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is she has no reason to believe that Ichigo's Zanpakuto has a name. Uh, because as far as she's concerned, he's a normal human being that has no powers, just like a lot of spirit, who stole, who accidentally stole her uh, Soul Reaper powers and is just like using them to manifest a large sword. As far as Rukia's aware, there's no reason to believe that Ichigo actually has like that sword soul inside of him that has a name like others in Pakuto do. Okay. You know what? I'll accept that. I, I will accept that argument. Sophistry wins the day yet again. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God. Uh man. Um I don't have much more to talk about this episode. I I enjoyed this episode a lot. Yeah, like it's a it's a lot of like really cool tense stuff. It's Rukia focused, which generally makes for a good bleach episode. We learn a ton of information on Naruki's backstory in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, there is one scene where, like, when Ichi- when Ishida arrives, uh, it pans back to Renji. And then, after we see Renji, like, we see Captain Kuchiki, like, sliding out from behind him. <laughs> and it's like, there's no, like, he, there's no reason for him to move unless he's, like, Oh, let me see who this human is. I'm curious. I can't see. Renji, you're in the way. <laughs> and like he just like he just like very slowly like laterally slides into view on screen. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what is the what is happening? <laughs> what is he doing? It's really fucking funny. Uh <laughs> God, I, I remember that so clearly too. It, <laughs> it's like fuck. He's like y- Captain, I think this guy can see us. And he's like, oh, word? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I almost wish there were, like, a cartoon sound effect, like a slide whistle. <laughs> like, when he does that. You have that power. I do have that power. Byakuya wears squeaky sneakers and they make a little noise when he slides. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who? Oh, this- he's like, Renji, who's this one? He's fun. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Like, did you see how bad his lie was? That's amazing. Incredible. What a marvelous example of humanity. <laughs> I'm trying to come up with a stupid joke, but I can't do it. I, I just, like, have to imagine that fucking Biagia, like, and Reggie just hang out all the time. And, like, anytime Reggie's, like, seeing something that's kind of, like, slightly wild, Biagia just slides out from behind him and is like, oh, what's this? <laughs> I just, I love the idea of that. Lynn says that Byakuya wears light-up sketchers, and now I'm just thinking, like, (laughs) because of the overlap of their popular periods, there's got to be, there's got to be, there's got to be, like, art of the bleach captains in basketball uniforms facing off against, like, the Kuroko crew, right? Like, that's got to be a thing somewhere. Here, I'm looking at bleach x Kuroko's basketball. God, uh, hold on. I'm googling this. Um. Well, I found some fan art of Ichigo and Kagami Taiga? I don't know anything about Kuroko no Basket. Oh my god. Yeah, I forgot that this one character with the 69 on his face, like, is 100% like, oh yeah, no, he's definitely a Kuroko no Basket character. <laughs> like, we're gonna have to fucking talk about the 69 on his face a lot, huh? No, we're not. The, sh- <laughs> the series doesn't. Why should we? <laughs> but, listen, can we just make it a rule whenever he comes up, we just say nice? Sure. Okay. 
we, 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 uh, I'm cutting this bit out of the episode, but, uh, oh, good shit, good shit. I'm cutting th- this bit out of the episode, but, uh, I'm, I'm explicitly stating here, whenever Shuhei shows up on screen, we have to say nice. <laughs> Just, and Shuhei has appeared. Nice. <laughs> we're, we're never, we're never ever going to mention why it is in the podcast. We're just, every single time we mention Shuhei, we're just going to say nice. Doesn't his tattoo get, um, doesn't it get explained, like, super late into the series? Let's really quickly end the episode and we can discuss this. Yeah, let's just stop recording. Uh, well, we have to actually plug. Right, right, we do things, we have plugs. This is the we have plugged. This is the end of this is the end of it'll wash out. Please follow us at bleachcast on twitter.com. I'm at ssbslj at twitter.com. I'm at lavender underscore pause on twitter.com. Uh, Lynn is uh, at l o t e underscore l a k. Fuck. Lynn is at l o t e underscore lake on Instagram. That's Lote lake on Instagram. And, uh, stay cool, Chads. This has been a fucking episode. We're also at iwobleachcast at gmail.com. Send us questions. We're gonna keep forgetting that. <laughs> How can we expect our loving fans to listen to it, to f- remember it, if we also, like, s- serially forget it? <laughs> listen, we love you guys. Uh, I, 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 I actually genuinely do want to, like, before I say stay cool, Chads, again... I genuinely want to thank everybody who has been listening to this show weekly. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Scamper uh, in the Friends of the Table chat, who has, every time we've had like a question about like Japanese culture uh, in relation to Bleach, uh, they have either A, mentioned uh, us in the chat and like talked to me about it, or uh Recently, this last week, uh, when we mentioned stuff uh, relating to the Quincy tribe, uh, Scamper did, in fact, direct message me and tell me that uh, the kanji uh, used actually never mentions a tribe, and that's likely a localization thing. And I just wanted to give a special shout out to them for, like, you know, helping me understand more about the culture. I'm super interested in it. Uh, Keep doing what you do. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening to the show, especially, like, weekly. You guys make this all worth it. Thank you so much. You're all great. We appreciate you. Stay cool, chats. Stay cool, chats. ネタって君の存在に感謝してるよ